Welcome to the EBC podcast, More Than Fitness. With a combined 50 years worth of experience and knowledge in the industry, we're going to have an open discussion on everything fitness and more. Hosted by myself, Wes, an EBC director, James Sweeney, a sports scientist and EBC director, Glyn Roberts, a former Royal Marine and EBC director, and Will Young, our online coach specialist and EBC instructor. Welcome back guys and in this episode we're going to take a little deep dive into the fitness industry and some of the changes that these guys have seen in the last 20 years, some of the changes we've seen in the last five years and what I think is going to be really good is that we've all got a different perspective on the industry and yes I'm going to kick it off nice and easy, let's go straight in. Will. <laughs> and I'm not going to ask you that question straight no, off the bat. No, no one knows what we've been talking about before the I'm camera not, started. 100% I'm not going to go straight off the bat but obviously you are the newest person into the industry yeah. sitting around this table. Let's get let's get from your perspective and then kind of we'll take it out from there and as the conversation, like with every episode, we'll let the conversation flow and I've got a few points to come back to that I think will keep us on track but otherwise it is very much an open mic, open conversation and let's just have some fun with it. So we're five years in the industry now, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What has been... What's the biggest thing that bothers you about the industry at the moment? The biggest thing that I would say initially bothers me is, I think there's a statistic, first of all, that it's like uh, 70, 80% of personal trainers don't make it past six months, something like that. And uh, I think the reason for that is, obviously, when you do your PT course initially, it's just a piece of paper, right? I remember copying and pasting mine off someone else, actually. I didn't learn anything. Well, mine was an open book. Exactly. It's just a case of copying and pasting. You can find everything on the internet, and, and as long as you just sit an exam at the end of it, you're pretty much good to go. And then when you get pushed into a gym environment, there's no space to learn. You have to you have to have some sort of mentor there or someone that you can learn from. Or watch yeah, you're again, interestingly, that's interesting. So when you when you finished your qualification, yeah. did you feel like you could go and train someone off oh, of what you learned? Absolutely not. I remember that you have to do. Um, you have to do like a one-to-one session, which you'll get assessed on as well. Yeah. But for me, it was like 20 minutes. And I remember looking back on that session now, and it was absolutely shocking. Like, I would never run a session like that one-to-one in a gym anyway. Um, but that got passed through with like flying colours as well. I remember getting like top marks on that exam. And that was one of the big problems with it. But yeah, I mean, experience-wise, unless you've got some sort of mentor there, for me, especially coming into EBC, you know, that, that was my ability to learn. And we discussed that in a previous podcast, how that helped me develop and become a trainer a proper trainer but yeah if you go into a gym um, and, and you're trying to work for yourself then you're not going to learn a lot but this, is, this, is, this is the big problem with the fitness industry though isn't it because yeah. anybody can go and do this course and I mm-hmm. think the problem is people from the outside look at the you know sorry I'll digress here I got into the fitness industry because I wanted to help people I enjoyed it right I don't think people get into the fitness industry for the right reasons because they look at numbers and might see 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 pound now and think now I'm going to make a fortune here. That's not quite the case, is it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So anybody can go and do that course. Anybody can pass that course. And then before you know it, every, and then because of social media, everyone's plastering out all this information on social media. It's like, now I can teach you how to lose weight and this, that, and the other. You've got no fucking experience whatsoever. So my, because of the, one of the ways I always explain it is what I always say to people, like, all the shit I've been through in my life at 42 years old, right? And I get, I said, I go and get an online coach, and we're moving to why I hate the term coach, right? Is how is that 22 year old? This is not a disrespect on you because I've got respect for <laughs> you. Know like this. No, 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 but bear with me. How's a 22 year old going to life coach me through my life? Yeah, yeah valid yeah. point. No, I think that's Change my mind on that. How are they going to do it? Because they've gone and done an open book test, right? Which anybody can fucking pass. 
and now they're going to call themselves a coach. Right, brilliant. I've got three kids and a family and a busy life and I'm fucking stressed out to my eyeballs and I'm messaging you. I can't train. I can't. Oh, just stay motivated. Fucking brilliant. That's really helped me out. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? That's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is a, it's a bit of a problem as well because... There is a lot of online coaches and a lot of them don't actually have qualifications now. Because there's nothing to show for it, you don't have to prove it. When you're in a gym, when I initially signed up and I wanted to PT in absolute, you have to give your qualification and show that you're a qualified personal trainer, which you're not covered insurance-wise. But when you're an online coach, no one looks at that. Go back, to, go, 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 go back to what you started out on, right? So you've covered a lot of ground there, I think. Like, one of the biggest issues I, I, I feel is mm-hmm. that people qualify and basically you pay your money, you qualify. Whether you take you know, the test... Three times, four times, or five times, you pay your money, everybody passes. That's problem number one. Mm-hmm. Like, there needs to be some sort of level in there to give an idea of actually what's going on and if someone's capable. You could really hurt someone. Oh, if you're, yeah. if yeah. you're, doing, if you're yeah. doing the wrong thing sort of with the wrong person, you know, or you're, you know, it's a myriad. You can open up loads of problems. Second problem is as well, like, even at the very, very start, there's no differentiation between someone that's really, really good at the start, that, you know, that, that does really well on the test and the practical, versus someone that's just scraped through it. And that's no disrespect. Some people take, you know, take tests and whatever and, and, and apply it differently. But there's no, there's no levels in there. No, mm-hmm. and that's also that's where, huge. That's also huge where issue. social media plays a massive problem because loads of personal trainers will get themselves into half-decent shape because they've probably paid a coach to be able to starve themselves of taking loads of fucking gear <clears> and put loads of fucking pictures up about how they look shredded and like... Come and do my online program. What just because of your fucking selfie? That doesn't mean that you're a really, really decent trainer, coach, or you should be trusted by other people. Do you no. see what I'm saying? Like, so that you, you, there's, there's a massive can of worms in this industry now. And sure, you go on about how me and Jim have been doing this like almost well, twenty, you know, combined, seventeen combined years combined, forty, 40 years, years or whatever. Plus, when we started, we, there wasn't Instagram, wasn't a thing. There wasn't, you know, Instagram was just a platform to you to put photos like a photo album on, which I thought was fine. But now it's just riddled with people teaching you how to do shit incorrectly. Yeah. Or, you know, if you want to lose weight, you have to go keto, you have to do this, you have to do that. That's all bollocks. You have That's- to, you, mate, you, as well, like, you have to be very careful about where you buy your advice from. Yeah. yeah at, the, at, at the end of the day, there, there are so many, like, the stuff that we're talking about there, again, we've covered so much ground in, like, you know, Nutrition. There's so many, you know, different aspects to the fitness injury. If you want to, if you want to go resistance based, or you want to go conditioning based, or you've got someone that's more sports like specialist or whatever, the fitness industry is massive, and there are there are people that will specialise in in set set areas that you could go to for advice. And I think there's, I mean, the online things just that's going to come up a lot, right? But I mean, it's, it's absolutely huge. You know, you get in what what's been very prevalent in the last five years, as Glenn's saying there, you'll get a coach that's extremely prevalent because of number one, they've got a big social media following and they're in good shape. Does that necessarily mean that, that you know, they know what they're talking about and they're giving sound advice? No, is the answer. You know, it, there, I'm sure there are instances where it's, there are. It just you know, seems like, but, you've got to look at that though and go, well, what are they? It comes down to what they're in it for as well as the online trade. So looking from a different perspective, for them it's a numbers game, isn't it? 100%. So how, many, how many numbers can I flood in each month to keep... Living this, the you lose the passion. Yeah, 100%. You lose the passion, and that's my like. So it's a bit like when people go and do and um, sell fucking shit shakes and herbal life and all that kind of stuff. You only, I'm sorry, you, you know, this is going to offend some people, but I don't really care. You're only doing that because you want to make money. If you care about people's health, you won't be forcing them to take shakes as a meal replacement. Absolutely, it's as simple as that. And that, and, and social media allows people to force that opinion onto onto you. And the most successful 
or I'll take that back, not the most successful, but people seem to be doing really well in the, in the fitness industry if they've got a big following on social media. If you're really social media savvy and you're shit hot at doing stories all the time and posts every fucking day and all that kind of stuff, which is really time consuming. And I'll put my, I'll take my hat off to people that are really Yeah, some people are really good at it. Yeah. I keep trying to do it. I'm like, fuck it, I've got the headspace. We get, we get smashed for like four or five days I just, consistently. I and then you're I like, I need, I need a break. Consistency is the key in anything. Yeah. Right? And I'm, I can't, I, just, I try it and I'm, I just, I hate doing it because it's not the first thing I think about. But the, if you're really social media savvy, you're probably going to do all right in the fitness industry because yeah. that seems to be the thing that everyone, yeah. all right, it's like boot camp. You see someone squatting, right? And how many times do you, like our boot camp now, you see a, or clients, they squat. When they get to the top, they do this thing. And I won't start and demonstrate when they go and squeeze their glutes forward. Because a lot of women on social media are showing this butt squeeze at the top of the squat. And I'm like, that's mad because you're just, you're killing your lower spine. Your lower, the, 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 the gravity is going up and down, not falling and back. But oh, because sun's so with a really good bum. Yeah. Is doing this booty squeeze. They everyone does it now. Fucking drives him mental. That seems to be something that's very, very kind of um, popular at the minute. Yeah, you know, you've got a lot of girls going into going into gyms and training their glutes for an hour, an hour and a half. That yeah. seems to be like just something that's fashionable. But listen, but listen, we've gone we've gone way off course, right? We've gone way off course. No, we're we're going 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 going. Going. Listen, but like so, twenty years plus, you see you see a lot come through, and you know there there are definite fads. Like when when we first started. You know, like the Swiss ball is a classic for this. So someone invented a big ball. It's a big ball, for Christ's sake, and stuck it in the gym. It's like, yes, a Swiss ball. It's going to be the answer to everything. You know, that's, 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 like, that's the way it kind of seems to go. And people doing chest press. It's trend, isn't of, it? Yeah, and it, it just, yes, it's, it was a good tool. It wasn't the answer to everything. But it's very faddy, the fitness industry, I, I find. Or I, I find you notice trends of it. Um, and that can be a problem. I think, so here's well. a question. I know we've discussed this, like, time before over lunches mm. or whatever. But do you think people, I mean, this is a generic question, it might be a difficult question to answer, right? But do you think a lot of youngsters are going to the gym for the right reason? I'll, I'll happily go no, first on that. I, I want to hear your thoughts now. I have my opinion on it and I'll give you a why. I know yeah. you've already heard the answer before, but why do you think you're, why? Well, for me, the gym's a place to get healthier, happier, fitter, and stronger, right? Yeah. And most, especially younger kids these days. And I'm going to quickly dive into TikTok here. There's a lot of 18, 19 year old influencers on TikTok who are now jumping on the bandwagon of steroids and things like that. And everyone knows they're on it and they've got these um, 16, 17 year old lads who are just starting out their fitness journey, just going into the gym. And they think it's acceptable to be doing that because they're seeing it. But then they're also just training the wrong way. They're just trying to get as big as possible. But for what? Likes. Yeah, pretty much. That's what much There's a caveat to this, right? we go back to when we started there were there were i think less than two percent of the working population in the uk exercising right there's been some uplift in that it's nearly 20 percent now which is a good thing. which is good no so we're not, not good. we're not bashing the social media no. but i think what we are saying is because yes it's going to basically attract more people into the fitness industry with an array of different reasons to train not everybody wants to train outside not everybody wants to to run it three four times a week depends what your you know what your goal is but at the end of the day like Social media is positive in lots of ways, but there's a dark side to it. Mm. And I think, you know, some of the issues that are popping up are based around you've got people influencing, you know, and giving advice that they shouldn't be giving, yeah. Yeah. you know, at the end of the day. And I think that's the crux of that's the issue. That's where it's dangerous. And that, that's that's where it's dangerous. That comes down to a regulation, you know, from yeah. a regulation point of view. And when we started, it was, do you remember reps? Yeah, yeah. yeah so when we started in the fitness yeah, yeah. industry, yeah, you know, you had, to, you had to be on reps. And it was, it was, it was quite well 
quite well regulated. It yeah. isn't anymore. No. You know, it's like the Wild West, the fitness industry. You can go and do what you like. Mm. We've, we've had people over the years, you know, wake up overnight and, and want to be, yeah, you know, I'm, a, I'm a mindset coach now. It's like, are you? That's what, that's what I was saying earlier. You know, though, where's it? that come from? What, do you, what, 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 what qualifications have you got? What, what, what cuteness have you got? Yeah. How are you trained to give someone advice or impartial advice on how they live their life? What have you done? Mm. I'm not bashing, like, I'm all for it. If you, if you know what you're no, talking about, you're qualified. It's a positive thing. Like, so it's a positive <clears> thing <throat> that there are, you know, that youngsters are going to the gym. I'm not saying that's not a positive thing. Because, like, going on what you said, you're, but you should be going to the gym to get fitter, stronger, mentally and physically. Yeah. Right? But the way I see it is just from, you know, being observed is most people are going to the gym and Jim joked earlier about women doing glute workouts five times a week. Actually, it's just po- Why? It's, it's popular, isn't it? Why? Yeah. Well, well, that's not having any effect on you to run around or be fitter and stronger. It's no. purely because you want to twist your ass at the right angle and get a picture. And that's popular. It's true, isn't it? Yeah, that's, it pop- is. that's popular. You're well, doing it for likes. You're not doing it for your own 100%. internal good. And I mean, I'm not, not. I'm not saying that's for everybody. Sorry, mate. I'm gonna get in. I'm, I'm getting on him. I'm not saying it's <laughs> everybody's doing that. And I'm not. And there's nothing wrong with having strong glutes, good deadlift, good squat. Blah, blah. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. fine. But. I think a lot of youngsters are getting into it and they're not, they're not looking at the bigger picture of why they're training. Yeah. They're doing it purely to take pictures on social media and to get as many likes as they can because they get a massive endorphin kick from the from amount the of likes they yeah, get. Not, not the workout, not with it, the benefit of that. That's not the, that shouldn't be the number one how goal. How many people like that photo? That's, and that's, that's where I see it. And I think the problem, the big problem is later down the line. Because if they don't get enough likes or they get injured and they can't, they're going to... Have you, have you seen, it's going to mentally you, fuck them up. So, Wes, I know you've got something to say, but this is like really difficult at the moment. There's a guy called, um, he's massive on, he's an American guy called Cali Muscle. Yeah. Have you seen, have you seen yeah, him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he's huge on, on social media. I just happened to watch something yesterday and liked it, but like he recently has had a, had a heart attack. And he's basically saying, I've spent all this time, because I didn't know any better, you know, building muscle, eating loads of sodium rich, rich foods, and giving, giving impartial advice and advice. I didn't know that I, I shouldn't have to do cardio because it was, you know, like the, the health benefits of doing cardio sort of flush your, flush your arteries and your veins out and your, and your cardiac system and all the rest of it. Like, it gives a really honest account of, like, what the way he's been training and the lifestyle he's been living and what happened to him. And it's just really quite refreshing, to be honest, to hear that because we've always been very much, in answer to the question, like we've, we've gone way off... Off topic there. I'm just covered loads. I'm ready to go. Listen, listen, but listen, like the, the we very much have always been on the mantra of it's health and well-being, both physical and mental. Yeah. And if you get that straight, get yourself a little bit fitter, a little bit healthier, everything rolls off it's the back of that. Your physique's a byproduct. Absolutely. You'll look all right. You'll feel yeah. a lot better. You'll feel self-esteem-wise. You'll feel better. That's that's our kind of mantra. Let's talk. Let's talk. And that's that's my 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 but my issue is that it, we've got it the wrong way around at the moment for the way things are in the industry it's all about aesthetics aesthetics yeah, yeah. you know and the other and it's crazy Men, mental health mental well-being is an afterthought yeah. absolute afterthought we'll discuss what I think on the aesthetic side from my pers- yeah, personal so, perspective so on just that. like on, on what you were saying about like what the long game would that will be so I've, I've seen it so obviously working in schools we we're around kids from the ages of five all up to 18 and I remember one, one session, it always sticks out to me because it, it blew my mind that this was a thought process of a child. And it was a nine-year-old child who come to our session. Uh, he showed me a photo and he went, I want to look like that. And it was just a guy, absolutely ripped, six-pack, the whole lot. And I was like, what would that mean to you Why? to look like that? And he went, 
well, he looks really good. And I was like, okay, that looks good. And what else? And he went, well, look, he's got 2,000 likes. He didn't oh, care. Great. He oh. did not care about anything other than being accepted by that photo. And mm. I, it blew it's my mind point. that that was a child's thought at nine years old. But, but think about what we're they saying. They don't know any different. But think, think we can, we're exposed, parents. Yeah. They, they don't know any different. They, they've been brought up with it. Think, yeah. about what, think about what we're saying Sick. there. You're, you're farming out your mental well-being and how you feel about things for, for likes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely farming out your, your happiness. And what he doesn't realise, that's going de- to have a detriment. 100%. Because if you take the, you, look, you know, you look at the aesthetics, right? So, you know, I, I did the whole standing on stage thing twice. And even for, a, and I was 35 when I did that. And, and I'll tell you, I can tell you something from a personal experience. And, this, and there's really going to be people watching this going, oh, no, that's not for me. This is just my... I can only, we can only ever talk from personal experiences, right? Yeah. My personal experience was when I come off stage, and I'm, I sit pretty lean most of the time, don't I? My body fat is pretty lean. I'm genetically lucky. I know that. I get that. Fruit, I'm a genetic freak. Chisel God. However, it's a joke. Right, point is... When I come off stage and I got down to 3% body fat, right? When I gained body fat after that, I had a fucking meltdown. Hang on a minute. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't think straight. So the day, the day oh, you did the... fucking horrendous. So the day you did the actual, um, what do they call it? The, the show or whatever. The sh- yeah. You, 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 you couldn't... No. You weren't, your brain weren't working. No, no. Your, your, your body fat, you, you test a uh, regulated testosterone and everything, isn't it? So it was, it was like, I think it's glucose thing, isn't it? I the, felt awful. I felt no absolutely glucose. horrendous. But the... the I get that, but you could say that about any kind of like competition you're going to go in for. You get fatigue and all this kind of stuff and brain fog. I get that. But the point was, is you stand on stage, you spend weeks and weeks cutting down, cutting down, cutting down. And you get to this point where you're going, fucking hell. Like, I remember waking up one day once I'd waterloaded and dried out and everything. I had striations in my triceps, just the fucking muscle fibers everywhere. I was like, fucking hell, look at me. I'm like jacked and I'm shredded like amazing. <laughs> and then after a few days after the show, when you put it back on again, because you start to eat slightly normal, I remember having a meltdown. Yeah. I'm like, oh God, I'm yeah, fat, yeah, I remember fat. That. what the fuck? You I'm put like, a stone on, didn't I've you, in a day? I put a stone on in 24 hours. 24 yeah, yeah. hours of stone. Yeah, that's what crazy. the fuck? Half I'm just like, what have I done? But half that's water. So, yeah, it's water. Half of it's water. But I've restricted myself. And then for months after that, because I've been following a strict diet plan, which was too strict for me anyway, a very strict training routine that had been written out for me because I paid a coach to do it. I swear, and bearing in mind what I do for a living, right? And I'm pretty fucking savvy with this shit. I swear to God, I woke up the next day and I was like, what do I eat today? What should I, what do I want to train today? Because I'd been yeah, a sheep. Yeah. I'd been a sheep for 12 weeks, 15 weeks. Eat that, do this, eat that, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and that's, and I know what I'm doing. I woke up the next, I swear to God, I remember it like I just I woke up and I was like, Breakfast. I don't what would you know. say the, the negative effects are of getting that lean and trying to so obviously it's not sustainable it's not, what, it's, it, it, where, do you it, go, where do you go from 3% body fat a bit, a bit, it's like you can't well, you, you can't go 2% it. there's no way of it. So, so, do you know what I mean and how, why? So, sorry ask the question what, again what were the negative effects that you you would have felt it's, in I and felt, outside of the gym that, apart from the fact I, I well it's hard because for me I, I, came from, I come from a, a very physical background yeah. so Everything that I did was based on my physical performance. Do you know what I mean? And, and that to me was a big part of the mental side of it. Do you know what I mean? Like the harder you work and the harder I push myself, the better results I'm going to get. You're being judged on stage because someone doesn't like the shape of your fucking arms and all that. It's, it belittles That's crazy. You. For sure. it, That's in fact, crazy. I remember standing on stage and some bloke was like, 
So the right next to me, he's like, well, I don't like your arms move over there. And I'm stood there going, fuck, this is embarrassing. Didn't you get put, I felt belittled. Didn't you get put down as well, For if you correct me if I'm wrong as well, by the way. But like, someone said to you that um, the way your abs were set. Yeah, which, so which, which, is, six pack. which is genetic, by the yeah. way. So there's nothing you can do I've got about like a five and a half six pack. There's nowhere to go. And you got, you got yeah, marked down on that. But yeah, it was belittling. I just went, I chomped off at him. I went, you can't fucking talk to me like that. Because it's embarrassing, but and then you step off stage and you think I put all this work in, and the blokes that all won the competition but all had guess what the biggest social media followers. Yeah. You wait till half past six to stand on stage to get fucking completely mugged off, and I'm like I felt like absolute shit. And then I woke up the next day and I thought I'd look like a bag of shit now because I put a bit of weight on. And for uh, for weeks after that I felt terrible. I was very unfit because yeah. the only cardio I could do was manage to walk was a walk on a treadmill. I felt like shit. Bearing in mind I've, this is a I'm someone that runs distances and does this, that, and the other. I felt awful in every aspect. It, mentally, I remember. Fucking, it, it, it I remember broke that. me. I remember, I, I remember talking to you after, and you felt you sounded about a week after absolutely lethargic yeah. and fed up. I, 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 do, you, do you think that you needed to do that though at that point yeah. to then give you maybe the tools to then fully have a full yes. understanding of the industry? Yeah. What Again, it takes it's a life lesson, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm not. And I'm in, in in a weird way, I'm pleased I've done it. Yeah. Because I now have this experience that I can now share with other people. Yeah. I'd say mostly negative. Yeah, I didn't enjoy any of it at all. Um, well, none of it actually. That's 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 per- I know it, yeah. I follow people on social media that absolutely live for it. They, they don't that. care if they yo yo up and down. They love it. Do you know what? Fucking fair, fair play. play yeah. If you and I always say, if you whatever you enjoy, you're going to stick to it. Yeah. Do you know sure. I mean, some people love running a marathon every fucking day. Good luck to you. Do you know what I mean? But I just think there's a lot of negatives that come out from it, and I think you, you, it can mess your head up. You can get body, you get body dysmorphia. Yeah, that's literally what I was about to say. I feel like from, from, from that effect, point, aren't you? Yeah. How long does it take um, you to adjust back and realise that that isn't a normal, sustainable physique? Because when you take a step back from that, and I mean personally, when I did my photo shoot, that was the leanest I'd ever been, and it probably took me a, a good year to actually realise. Hold on a minute, that's that's not something I need to be all year round. This is actually a, an it's unrealistic, isn't it? To, yeah, it's, it's unrealistic, unrealistic, but it gets in your head again with body dysmorphia. I, I, don't, don't, I don't think that's spoken about though. The, no, the reality of what actually your expectations are. Mm. I don't think that gets spoken about. So like sitting at three, four body percent is not sustainable. And you're not like that. Yeah, how, how do you? Not. How do you then? Psychologically, complete yourself, or because you're always comparing yourself like, to, to yeah. that position that you prepare yourself. Yeah. Just, where do I sit yeah. then? Yeah. Body, body dysmorphia as well is essentially it's almost like a, an eating disorder in it. In mm. itself, it's guys that are you know twenty stone and and the, the, the stats. You become obsessed and with they, counting how many almonds you eat, and they look, they look, they look basically. You look through my soul when you said that. No, but I'm not joking you because like, I, I I remember I remember I swear to God I remember being um, me, me and my missus were living at uh, uh, my in laws at the time, and I swear to God right they were sitting at the dinner table and she'll probably remember this. I, they everyone was eating spaghetti. Spaghetti bolognese, right? And how tasty spaghetti bolognese, like you can. Mm. And I'm sitting there eating a fucking piece of chicken out of a Tupperware pot at the dinner table, and they're going to me, "Do you want to try something?" And I, when I get my head into something, I'm pretty like strict. I was like, "No, I'm not, t- I'm not tasting that." And I'm just looking at it, going, "I'm just mentally breaking." I'm just like, "All I want to do is a taste sauce." Yeah. And I'm eating fucking plain trick- chicken. This is dry, and I'm a foodie, and I'm like, "This is." Why would you think so? Why would you do that to yourself? For what? To, to look a certain way. To have been mugged off on stage. But then, like, you're, well, you're smoking yeah. six pack. 
but we, we, the advice we give to people, but the, the advice we give to people, the, the advice we give to people is it's a long term thing. If you're going to make a change, if you can't stick at it, you know, if you can't see yourself doing it in a year from now, don't do it. You're struggling. Whether right? that's keto, high carb, low carb, because again, we're going to di- we're going to digress now. But that's an individual thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Whatever you can stick to in a year from now, that's going to work for you. But a strict, a restrict diet, staying on stage purely for that aesthetics of five minutes is just. There's a guy called Ross Edgley that sums it up. We've yeah. seen him, haven't we? We went to see what couple of his... Uh, excellent. He sums it up in a quote, and I think it, it's all really well-rounded. He's basically he's saying, make your body an instrument, not an ornament. Mm-hmm. You know, and as Glenn's saying, there, a, lot of the, a lot of people that, that, that are good, good sportsmen and whatever, the, the 2012, going back a little bit, the Olympics was a good... There was an advert, I really remember it really well. Um, and it had all different body shapes, shot putters, sprinters... You know, and you see the array of different body shapes because they're doing different jobs mm. and specifically different jobs. They're not worried about what they look like. They're worried about getting an end result, yeah. playing yeah. a sport. That's what I, I like the term. And that's a healthy way of looking. I quite thing. like the, the term that's floating around at the moment, the hybrid athlete. Yeah. And the reason I like that is because I, I, we've had this conversation mm-hmm. before. I do believe that you should be able to tick a few boxes because mm. as humans... We should be able to run. We should be able to move around body 100%. weight. We should be. We should be fundamentally the foundations of our body. It's good to be strong to lift heavy stuff. You should be able to tick a few boxes. I'm not saying you should be an ultramarathon runner. You can be able to swim the Channel and fucking do the Tour de France and deadlift 250 kilos. But my point is, you should be able to do. Don't be a one trick pony. Needs yeah. to be functional. I, yeah. I had this discussion with a lot of my clients, as you know that. A lot of them will come to me and, and want to grow a, a bigger, bigger set of glutes, but, but, yeah, but yeah. it comes down, I always have a discussion and consultation quite, and it's not for me to, to discuss their goals and tell them what their goals are, they obviously speak to me about that, but what I do is just put an idea in their mind is, can you run a mile, can you do a pull up, can you do a push up, can you swim, can you do deadlift your body weight, can you squat your body weight, and if they can't do any of that, I'm like, that's what you should be working towards, if you cover all of that, yeah. You're going to look good, and if you look good, then you're going to have more confidence, and that's your whole, 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 whole kind of all yeah. that's when it all comes into down one. To, yeah, it? exactly that. It's how you and confidence feel. gets overlooked. But that's yeah, that's it. how you feel, isn't it? Yeah, but if you take CrossFitters right, and I know they get a lot of shit, right? But they what's their what's their most important function of training? Performance. Performance. Yeah. But what do they all look like? Yeah, they look decent. Fucking chiseled gods, right? <laughs> Most of them, not all of them, but if you look at the top at guys, the right, level, yeah. but they look good because yeah. their physique's a byproduct of their output. Yeah. That's all it is. Do you know what I mean? Rich Froning, for example, doesn't go around um, like like counting <laughs> counting the fucking amount almonds he's eaten, right? He's he's nailing food down his neck because he wants to perform. These, guess what? Yeah. He looks like a chiseled god. They, these guys, you know these guys see food as fuel. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah. literally yeah. fuel. I remember I remember looking at some rowers like years ago, and some of the some of the guys. I think it was for one of the boat races. It was, it was over probably fifteen years ago. They're eating like six thousand calories a day yeah. as fuel. To get the training done, because that's how intense their training is, you know. So, like, I mean, that opens up the nutrition side of it. Opens up a, a whole nother kind of. Well, you go um, back to Ross Edgley, mate. When he did that swim around the UK, you watch the videos. Oh, that's he awesome. Was eating oh, fucking cheesecakes, and people think awesome. to look lean, you, you can't touch that kind of shit. Yeah. He no was, one's saying you should be eating crap all the time, but he was burning so. so much do you energy. think you're going to get that chicken and rice? Fucking bore off. That was awesome. <laughs> so, so basically, we, we went to see um, we went to see his chat about that, which was which was fascinating. And some of it, he was trying to prove that he could maintain muscle by doing an endurance event, because most people associate an endurance event with a, a you know a le- really, yeah a really lean a really lean runner or a really yeah. lean guy on a bike. And he was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna break that kind of stigma. And he did because yeah. he basically worked out exactly. I think it was somewhere in the region of. 
15, it might be 14 or 15,000 calories a day that he had to eat to sustain his body weight. Right, so he's a science guy, so he worked out, what does my body need daily? I'm swimming for nine hours a day. When I'm not swimming, I'm either eating or sleeping. Yeah. And he worked out specifically what he needed. He was, he was massive when he did that swim, wasn't he? Awesome. He did one as well. When I was down training in the Marines, it was when he came down and did a 24-hour swim. That's right. That's it. Down there. And we, we got to meet him and speak to him down there. And he, yeah, he's such a he's big excellent. guy for what he can do performance-wise, endurance-wise. He's excellent. Kind of, yeah, it breaks it. He, does it, in a, he does it in a very scientific manner, but yeah. isn't he? Oh, like when he did that... He did the rope climb one. He climbed yeah. the rope, the height of Everest. And I don't know if you if you read, ever read his book. What's his first book that came out? The um, he did. He took him ten years to write it. I don't know, but it's really good. I it's, can't it's, remember it's, it's a brilliant book to, to, to read. We'll get a link for that. We'll get a link. I'm for that. Yeah. Shout, out, <laughs> shout out to my. <laughs> he's awesome. He's no, awesome. but he did Best this play. rope climb. So when he when he climbed the rope, he he like for example, like he was talking about his biceps. He said. And he said, when you, your doms comes from the, um, the, like the extension of the arm, as an, right, as an example, if you just use the bicep as an example. So he was bicep curling, and his brother would take the weight, and he'd bicep curl it up, take the weight, curl oh, it up. Because okay. climbing is about that, yeah. the contraction of the muscle, not the extension, yeah. right? But he, he said, if he kept doing that, like a normal bicep, you'd get such doms, like that, he'd, he'd fuck his arms up. So he'd yeah. trying to curl, his brother would take the weight, curl, he'd only be doing the up move the up of move. the curl. The concentric, isn't it? The concentric move, yeah. so for the climbing. And that's how he developed his that's arms to be quite, very clever. That is so it's clever. fucking smart, but he's brilliant. But he, I think he pretty much coined the term hybrid athlete. Yeah. And, I, and so he, you know, he's done, he's done like a, like run a marathon with a log on his back and all sorts of stuff. But the point is, he yeah. does it whilst looking big, muscular, and he's ticked all these boxes, which you can do. Yeah. And also, he's grounded. Everything he's done is grounded in research and science. He's a humble well, that's, that's something well. we talk about a lot, don't we, is what's the science say? Mm. Yeah. We don't just guess. We, we spend a lot of time working out what is the science that oh, Yeah, and we'll go on to the nutrition stuff. Obviously, there's another, another chat on that. Yeah. But, you know, everything, every piece of advice we're giving, it's science-backed. Yeah. You know, we're not giving any, any faddy we've never done that no and I think that's one of the reasons we're actually still around because we can't afford to do that it was so, also a lot of experience as well as that as well so we, a lot of the stuff we kind of been there done that tried it yeah you, you experienced it as well you that's went what we were saying it. earlier life yeah, experience absolutely and I think that's like in one of the first episodes that we spoke about is one of the reasons why people tend to come back is because actually they did get the best results mm. fitness wise of us and that's because your experience and I say we, we actually do research it's not like we just pluck stuff out of thin air and just go, that would be really good. Yeah, but we also want people to find what works for them. Yeah. And it's, you know what I mean? And everyone's different. Yeah, for sure. So that kind of brings me to a nice little point. If you had the power to change one thing in the industry, what are we changing? Social media. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I'll go first because yeah, I don't see so you like that jump me again because I keep getting jumped out. Mine would be um, the restriction on probably ages that get to have access to social media and videos and photos. So I think there needs to be an age cap. It needs to be regulated a bit better because I do think kids get access to way too many images that they do not need to see. Oh, God, that's loaded. That's, that's a, that's a lot. Yeah. It's loaded. Chanel. Yeah. That's a loaded. We'll go into it. It's a whole new podcast. Like, I could do a whole, whole thing on yeah. You've like, been sitting there thinking about that. Mindset, about this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Will, what would you want to change? Mine would be social media, but more specifically... If I didn't have any PT qualifications or PT experience, that if I wanted to, tomorrow I could wake up, create an account, call myself an online coach and give out advice that I don't know what I'm talking about. If I didn't, well, shit, obviously I do. So that would be mine specifically. Fine. So qualifications needed and it needs to be regulated on social media. 
Uh, you can't just call yourself something and, and stop calling yourself that's, that's coaches. Mass, that's massive. Yeah. That's massive. I, 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 Apprentices. I, well, no, it, like the reason I don't like the term coach, and I, I don't know, let me start again, I don't dislike it, but I think you have to have a level of life experience before you start calling yourself a coach because for years I wouldn't ever call myself a coach. Right, because what is a, what's the difference between an instructor, a trainer and a coach? A coach to me is someone that sort of um, coaches you through every aspect of your training and your lifestyle, like everything. Yeah. They don't just give you a programme and go follow that. That's not no, a coach. 100%. Do you know what I mean? No. And the problem is, we, I know we're going way back to what we've already spoken about, but people call themselves a coach because, again, it sounds cool on social media probably, yeah. but are you able to coach someone a 42-year-old stressed-out bloke through everything aspect in their life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think you, you need the knowledge down to having the experience in doing that. Like for me, I don't have clients like that. That's not the niche that I go towards because I don't have kids. I don't have that experience. But what I do have experience in is training people my age because I've gone through that myself, which is why I feel like I'm able to help that particular niche. 100%. But which yeah, is why I you, said to you... you to, yeah, which you. Is, sorry, mate. Which is why I said to you when I, we were talking about it once and I said I, feel, I always feel like my niche would be 40-year-old plus. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I'm 42 years old, I can to relate to, to kids, with people who are stressed out, dads with kids. I used to train two or three hours a day. I don't anymore. An hour at the most because I don't have the fucking time. I know. So like, you can relate to that. Do you know what I mean? So you can relate to certain people you deal with. Like, yeah, you're coaching people that you relate to. Yeah. Don't look coach at, someone like twice your age, three times your age. It's, I just think it's crazy. I used to, um, I used to train with a, a sprint group many, many years ago over in, um, over in Braintree somewhere. And there was a there was a, a middle distance coach that oh, I used to I, I used to used to train with, right? And he was overweight, and he used to stand there and just bang <laughs> off cigarettes, yeah. like chain. I mean, chain <laughs> cigarettes. Yeah, I remember, he had I a big that. red face, right? Yeah. He had a big red face, and he and that, that, he was a coach, right? So you guys saying as you're talking about this and saying like you know age age specific, I'm thinking well he was a coach and. You know, as a kid, as a kid, sort of 14, obviously you remember him as well, yeah. right? I remember him, and I remember thinking to myself, hang on a minute, we're, we're, we're doing reps here. And he, he, would, he, would, he had a reputation for being a tough, he like was, a tough coach. He was, fucking brutal, Right, so he? he'd smash us, like we'd do reps of like, um, you know, 200 metres, 300 metres, and build up to 400 metres and come back down again, with a set, you know, interval in between. We'd get smashed, and I'm thinking to myself, you can't do this. There's no way, you, 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 you do one rep of this. But... He had the experience, mm-hmm. and it, it, allegedly he was, he was a pretty good coach. He, he was a good coach, you know. But also, I think when he was younger, I think he was quite a good athlete. So, the point I'm trying to make quite badly is that we need to, <laughs> we need to be a little bit careful about, you know, someone's experience mm. is, is key here on giving advice. Mm. Just because necessarily we're falling into the trap of you need to look a certain way to give advice. I, I picked that out as a kid. You don't have to. I don't no, no, have but, to but, but that, I think that's where the fitness yeah. industry is. You know, and yeah. it needs to change yeah. because that's not really, you know, a lot of people are going to judge their coach by, well, he's in shape. Aesthetics. He's in shape. He must oh, know what gosh. he's talking about. So I'm going to go and train with him. Yeah, and I that, think that's, that's, another, that's a big problem. another big problem as well is coaches <coughs> giving out training programs the way that that coach trains as opposed to how their clients yeah, should be 100%. training. And this is another thing why I think PTs or online coaches sorry, need to have experience on the gym floor before they become a coach. Is one for you, Will. So, yeah. online coaches, right? Do all of them have like specific niches? No, specific programs. If you've got a client that's got specific needs, mm-hmm. yeah, 
have you got four or five programs that go out to it's just kind of best fit are you asking me if no I no just generally to do this? Like, uh, you've, you've, you've taken a lot of advice through yeah I mean from what I was kind of taught on mentorships and whatnot, if you are niching down to something very specific then for example, if I was just training girls that want to grow their glutes, then I'd have a load of glute-based programs that I design. Yeah. And then you can tailor it out individually to those specific clients, depending on what equipment they have in their gym, um, what kind of experience of training they've got, that kind of thing. And that is the kind of way that I run it. Uh, over time, I've built up, like I would say, 100 to 150 programs that I have. And when someone starts with me, depending on what their goals are, I just sort of think, right, what program do I have for you? Yes, that's the exact one. And I'll just adjust it to fit them exactly. Yeah, that like makes sense. kind of need it. Um, but yeah, I can't really speak on any other coaches because I don't really know what, what anyone else does. But uh, I would imagine some of them are pretty lazy and just dish out one program to everyone. Oh, just like, I can factual. Yeah, absolutely guarantee. I've heard, I've heard of times as well coaches that that will that will people are paying like 200, 250 pound a month, and they're taking like three days to reply to them, or they'll be a week late to a check-in, or they'll just miss a check-in and not respond. And that's something that I get a lot, and it's annoying being being a coach that people know in Chelmsford as well. People come up to you and they'll be like. Oh, my coach, uh, my coach hasn't responded to me in a week. Do you do that with your clients? And I'm like, I can't speak on anyone else because it's not my business. I don't know no. what people do. But the way that I run things, yeah, is is I'll have a set program that that specific person would would do well on that program, and then I'll just adjust it to exactly how they. Would yeah, do but it. you're you're. It's because you take it quite personally. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't. This is what I go back to. What we said at the beginning. When people get into. Why'd you get into it? Do you know what I mean? Like even with me, I'd so I don't really do it. I I write programs for my one to one clients, but I don't. I'm not an online coach like Willie's. But even with my clients, I will still text them. I will still yeah. ring them. Yeah. How you doing? What's going on? How's that injury? How's this going? You know, da, da, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. You, it's that personal touch with them, and that's one of the things. Is like I know I did a video on my social media a little while ago with my client Sorsha, and there was it went loads of people were talking about because I fist bumped her. She PB'd a squat, I think it was, or deadlift or something, and. The point I was trying to make was, is if you do it, and you, you, I mean, you probably understand this as well, and it's interesting to see what your perspective is on this. If I was to write that program for her and she PB'd me and texted me, I've just hit my PB. What am I going to send back? Well done, really proud of your thumbs up. Yeah. However, I've, because I see her every single week and I've watched that journey, the feeling of watching her achieve that goal. Absolutely. Like, I was fucking you're invested, you're us. invested with us. Massive puddle. Yeah, you're like, invested in it. You're invested us. with it. It's, it, it. It becomes a little bit less personal when you're online. And I'm not saying that everyone online isn't like that. And I know Will's very personal with things like that. But, you know, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of coaches out there who are like, you paid me. Fucking cheers, have that and go away, leave me alone. And I think that's quite sad. Because yeah. you're, you're like, that's not why you get into it. Why, ask yourself, why are you getting into the fitness industry? What are you trying to achieve out of it? If it's pound signs, fuck off and go work somewhere else. Mm, yeah. Leave it to the people that actually give a shit about why we're in this industry. Because it's exactly why we started EBC. Yeah. But it's the people that focus care. on the money, they never get anywhere with it. That's always one of the first things I was told. If, if you're just focusing on how many people you can get through the business, you're never going to get anywhere with it. Which is why I was always taught as well, just to turn down clients that aren't the right fit. Because if I'm not going to get results out of them, mm. there's no point taking the money off them. If I, I got, can't help them specifically, I'll just pass them on to someone who I think would be a better fit. Yeah. I want to say something quite controversial now. So like the other, the other day, I'm late to the technology party on lots of things, but um, chat GPT. Okay, so yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can kind of whip on there now yeah. and say, design me a program. I want to run, um, I want to run under, whatever, I want to run under 20 minutes on a 5K. Yeah, give, 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 me a, give me a program. And that, that program will basically go through the internet up to a certain date. I think it's 2021. 
it, all the information information that's available to it, it will basically scribe your program, put a program together, and every time that you ask it, it's different. And it's, it's, it's quite factual against the information it's got available to it. So essentially, some of the information on, on the internet might not be um, accurate, but that's the way this oh, is that's the cheaper than paying a trainer to do it isn't yeah it? but that's the way Fighting. this is, but that's the way this is going to go right yeah. my we're sure actually did a whole podcast on, on, on i think it's really interesting where it's going to go with the fitness industry but my opinion on it is there is no there's no human touch there. there's no no, that's, that's what i was yeah, trying that's yeah, what that's yeah, what, that's uh, what brought me on to say it. that what's the difference and you're mm-hmm. gonna this you, oh, i don't want to know your opinion on it yeah, yeah, of course. what's the difference between asking that question to jack chat gpt or having an online coach because they're both online and they're not personal. There's lots of different ways of looking at it. I think You're, the, yeah, the bit I that you've just the, the, the bit that you've just said the bit that you've just said about actually caring about your client. Not, nothing's ever going to replace that 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 one to one. Nothing's ever going to replace that. In my opinion, I don't think. But like some of the programming side of it, that's only going to get stronger and stronger. And I think you know that side of the technology coupled with you know, our time face-to-face time, you know, it's going to be a benefit. I don't think it's ever going to, you know, completely turn away from face-to-face stuff. I mean, that's always, that's always going to have its place. People have an opinion that online coaching is going to make one-to-one PT and, like, become... No, that definitely will never not. be a thing. No, because people... Whereas a fire, someone yeah, in the gym one-to-one. Yeah. And also, also, let's get it right, you can have the, 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 the most Gucci programme that's literally set for you that will get you where you want to be and the million dollar is, you've got to actually get your ass up and do it yeah. five do times you know a week. How to yeah. do that program? Do you know what the exercises exactly, are? Exactly, but, but, yeah. but, but even before you've even done that, you've, even, you've got to actually do what you've been told to do. Yeah. How many, it's like the old Davina McCall CDs. Put you've got to do it. 20 minutes into it, fuck that. I don't know. <laughs> Sitting in there on the sofa but doing when, when it's the next, it's like, Do it more, do it again, yeah. do it better, That's do it, it deeper, do it this, do it again, do it not quick enough. So a lot of people, I yeah. think a lot of people know what they've got to do. But actually making them do it, yeah. and, and it, they've coined it a strategy of adherence. What keeps someone going back? Yeah. That's the bit we need That's to be looking at. Part, yeah. That's yeah. the piece we need to be looking at yeah. as fitness professionals. I but think. There's also a lot of people out there that are not doing it because they, their whole goal is to have a certain shaped arse or a six pack at the end of a six week, 12, whatever it might be. Like, I'm very fortunate from my personal perspective. Most of my clients I've had for six, seven, eight, up to 15 years, and I'm still training now. Because them, it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then their end goal is not to look a certain way. A certain way. Their yeah. their goal is purely is part of their life. And and as much as they probably don't like to admit it, they enjoy it. Yeah. Like one of my clients is going away when, from when it's done. She, when it's I done. went to when you're going to miss me. She went. I'll miss you, but not the training. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But in a way, that's also a compliment yeah, because absolutely. she enjoys being around me I don't know why but retrospective enjoyment it is yeah it is isn't it but, but you know at the end of the day exercise should be part of your life it shouldn't yeah. be the first thing you cut it off chore. It, should be, it shouldn't be a chore it should be part of your life yeah. that's tough that's a tough journey though from someone that's starting out you know, to, to travel that ground and get to that point where it's like well, this is what you do Every five day. days a week or you know part, part of your part lifestyle of your you know, that, that's, that's where we should be, I think as fitness professionals we should be looking at it thinking how are we going to keep how are we going to make it lifestyle yeah and that's the question we've got to start yeah. to answer is how, how we keep people going back. I Why think we do that quite well within the brand. I think we do that because we build that community. Yeah, but we community. always say that to people, yeah. don't we? Like, you know, it's about adherence and, and consistency and all that and discipline. And it's also that you, they know that if a session's on, a session's on. Yeah. I remember, like I remember being accountable at, to them as much mm-hmm. as they're accountable to us. Yeah. I remember being at a gym, working at a gym early, early days like when I first started in the fitness industry. And I remember being in a, a team meeting one morning 
and the the general manager basically at the time basically stated that there's about three thousand members in this club basically and um in an, in a nutshell he basically said well we don't want them all here at the same time don't we because we've only got 20 treadmills and i'm thinking to myself what they don't know well, Jim's done. Yeah, but I didn't. The, fit him in. But I couldn't. But but like, then you start thinking about. It, we'll think, well, of course they can't have them all there yeah, at the same time. We've only got we've got big gym, but it's twenty treadmills. It's you know, twenty cross trainers. They can't all be there. There's three thousand members. So that whole model is basically set up so that only like five percent of the of the membership base train on a regular basis, and that blew my mind mm. because I just thought to myself, surely people pay their membership, you want them in and you want to get them results. But that's not, no, that's not the crime. Um, like, Virgin Accident Chance, they've got about 5,000 members. And I think, I worked there when I was 16, I was a lifeguard. And back then, over 50% of the membership base hadn't been to the gym in six months. It's crazy. So it was like 40-something percent that's, of people that, were that's all mate, the gym. Mate, so going back from when I first started, that's always been the case of gyms. Mm. That's always that's the, the model. That's, that's, that's the, model. the model they set up, isn't yeah. it? That's the model. And that, yeah. that, well, that isn't the case for us. That's not the case. We want people. We want people. people. That, yeah. group yeah. that blew yeah. atmosphere. That blew my mind. Yeah. I'm like, well, surely we need to do something where we're actually getting people to where they need to be. Go back to those stats of really boring stats I mentioned earlier. 15, 20 years ago, it was less than 2% of the working population were exercising. Now it's about 20%, I think. So there's still 80% of the working population that don't exercise on a regular basis. And I think it's about two, the stat that gives 2.6. And this is the statistic that 70% of people going to the gym don't work hard enough to get results. Yeah. So that, I mean, we should be after those people. It's mad, it's mad yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So, so I get offended when people don't now come to a session. I said that to my Whitman guys last week. I was like, Tennis was like, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> I've upset no, you guys. No. It, it bothers me. You just want people to it train. really bothers me. Because the thing are. is, you, you want people to train because it changes that. We said, we said this in the first one. It's about their mindset. You yeah. want to see people's mindset change. For sure. More over anything else. You know? And it does as well, actually. One of my members last week was speaking to Karina and she also goes to F45, which I'm not a huge fan of, some of the things that they run. And she was in a competition the other day and she was uh, sort of head, head on head with uh, someone that, that does quite a high level of CrossFit and the difference was that she broke way before Karina did and she puts it all down to boot camp of having the mindset and she was confused why this person had stopped when they got a little bit tired a little bit out of breath and she could just continue and keep mm-hmm. on going forwards and she said that that's what boot camp's given to her without even realising is it's given her um, the ability to yeah, just keep going just not quitting that's no, interesting yeah. actually because do you remember this I don't remember this story do you remember one of our very original first, one of five members years ago Angie do you remember when she went in that uh, uh, cycle race? Yeah. She, yeah. So basically, had this member years ago, and she, she had, was an animal. To be she, she was very fit. She had this incredible lactic threshold on her legs. Like you know, when you make them squat hold or lunge hold, and you're like pulse. Yeah, good. You're gonna, get burn, <laughs> you're gonna drop, and she's like still going. You're like. <laughs> She could chuck a bell, kettlebell back, couldn't she? She was. Glyn, she was Glyn a, used to Glyn used to call her Manji. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was a beast. An, she was an she animal. She was a beast, but she was. So she she, she signed animal. up to this cycle race, and it was a f- proper like cycle race across Europe. I correct me if I'm wrong, and I get the story wrong here. But she hadn't, she said she hadn't ridden a bike since she was a kid. Right? Yeah. So she borrowed a bike or something like that, and went into this cycle, and she won this event. And like the pro riders are like, how who? The, who the fuck are you? Like, you haven't ridden a bike since you were a kid and you've just smashed us across Europe. And she said, she come back to me and said it was because of boot camp, the amount of fucking lactic threshold training we do and the endurance she had in her legs yeah. allowed her to fucking hammer these cyclists. She'd nicked a, a Rayleigh racer as well. So she'd done it on like a Rayleigh. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I, I, remember, I can't remember what member it was now. I was just trying to think in my head there, but they ran a marathon without training. 
And the, the most training they'd done within that was less than 5k, I think it was like 4k, they done a 4k run. Turned up and done a marathon. It's not really advisable to be fair. We don't, no, we don't recommend it. Turned up and done a marathon in sub four hours and just because mentally they were there and, and physically. Yeah, yeah. How many times have we said this? Like, I think boot camps, a lot of things, but it gives you a really good platform fitness platform yeah, in terms yeah. of functional fitness hybrid athlete hybrid athlete appointed that's what it is five five you two are on 10 each you pointed again actually I'll talk about that but no it does it makes you it makes you a hybrid athlete yeah it's that's the whole point isn't it run lift push pull carry all that kind of stuff that's important so I think that's if anybody takes anything away from this conversation throughout today is, is have a look at your training wouldn't you say and like what you say about your clients can you run a mile? How do you break down in the middle of nowhere? You're going to yeah. be fucked if you need to go petrol <laughs> half a mile down the road. <laughs> can you carry no, the petrol back? You're training these. Well, no, more Jerry can runs yeah, down. It's true, though, isn't it? Like it, you just, I think yeah. you just have to have this general ability to be able to do quite a few things. Mm. It doesn't mean you have to go out and run 10, 15k every single weekend or anything like that, or build up to two and a half times your body weight on a deadlift. But have a look at your training and think. Am I going to the gym and wasting an hour of my time twice a week bicep curling? There's a, what the fuck's that going to be? There's a, there's a big, that's all it comes down to. Really. There's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a darker side to this as well because we're staring, I think, down the, down the barrel really over the next 10 to 15 years. Yeah, the, the NHS is struggling, obviously. You know, one, of the, one of the precursors of um, you know, heart disease, loads of other issues is obesity. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're, and literally, you know, what we're, the advice we're advocating and what we deliver in Essex around you know physical you know wellness and, mm. and and health and fitness and that should be a message that we're looking at across across the country really because there's a massive issue coming we're yeah. on the precipice of a massive issue yeah. here. not alone to set aside as well from the physical side of it the mental well-being as well which is a massive issue and something that we're going to talk about on, an, on another podcast like those two things and i feel like as an as a as a fitness intervention what we do copes with both of those quite adequately in, diff- in, diff- in different ways yeah. and they're, they're going to be in the future they're going to be huge huge issues because if you you know you're overweight you're, you're not healthy your body's not efficient well guess what you're, you're opened up to loads of different ailments and, the, and, and the, the projection of that over the next 10 years is massive in the in the UK alone mm. you know so what we're saying is really poignant yeah like, really poignant without a shadow of a doubt and I think like that message what we've spoken about there around how important being fit and healthy for you, yeah. not necessarily based on anybody else. Again, you've you both said loads of times, pull and push your own body weight, be able to run a decent kilometre a mile as if your life depended on it. That's sound advice. Yeah. You know, that's... It should be like a life skill. Like, do you, you know, you, you want your kids to do what? Ride a bike? Be able to swim? Yeah. Not because you want them to be the next Tour de France winner or swim the channel, skill. but it's a simple life skill. And yeah. as adults, adult, we get fucking lazy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like because we can drive everywhere, we can we can, life's too lazy. But you say you should be able to run a mile, a kilometre. I mean, fuck, come on, a kilometre is going to take. What's it going to take? In worst case scenario, seven eight minutes if you're really slow. Do you know what I mean? But you should be able to have at least yeah. that lung capacity, that you know that ability to do that. I think you're. I think people really need to have a look at themselves and, and ask that question. Do you know what I mean? And and if you're going to the gym, have, question yourself how hard you're working. Because I always say, if you're going there doing chest workout and bench press, whatever, work out within that hour you're in the gym, how long you're actually working, working out. For. How long does it take to do 10 reps on a bench press? Yeah. 30 seconds, 45, yeah. time under tension should be what, 45 seconds? Yeah. Right, and then you're gonna rest a minute, 90 seconds for lactic recovery in two minutes. 
and you do that again a few times. How long are you actually working out for? Yeah. Ten minutes? There's also, Fucking hell. There's also, there's also, go on, go on. Uh, go on there's also education about like what we're putting into ourselves in terms of fuel. You don't need to be in a gym. You could you could do body weight exercises, for Christ's sake, like press ups, sit ups, and well, press ups are core exercise and and, um, and squats. Mm. Do a hundred of those a day and, and and walk and be active. And there's loads of ways of getting this done. There's more than one way to the top of a mountain, isn't there? But like, I think some of the advice that we're giving at the bottom of this, like, needs to, it needs to change because like, you know, it's just broken. It's a broken model. What did you just say? So we um Sorry, so, what, so basically what we're saying is people need to come down to a session, let's do a baseline, see where people are at, and then we can help them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, get Done. get your ass down. But how many Done. times have you had how many times you get people turn up over the years and go, Yeah, I'll go to the gym, I'll do this, I'll do that. Ten minutes into the session they're being lapped by a fifty year old housewife. Yeah. No disrespect to fifty year old housewife, but we've got some very fucking fifty year old housewife. Exactly it's the same bit of advice. And then you get a twenty year old bloke that's like, Oh, it's not for me. I'm like, why? Because you got lapped by like Tracy over there that's like 10 times fitter than you you're embarrassed yeah do you know what I mean have a look at your training yeah 100%. do you know what I mean same thing I said to Trilish yesterday I was like do not base yourself off of no. the people here because no. if you do you're going to be disheartened yes 100% and, and it's not even me being an arsehole no, but they, it's this... me telling you that these guys are trained for 15 years specifically like this and you're training in the well, it's gym it's not even specifically like this the fact they do a multitude of things if you look yeah. at some of our really fit members right they do a bit of everything they do hit the gym a couple of times a week. They come to us two times a week. They do a couple of long runs every single week. They're all-rounded. That's yeah. why I like that term hybrid athlete. They're all-rounders. It's very varied, isn't it? It is, it's which varied. is the way it should be. Where you get the gym head comes down to us and you might be able to press a kettlebell above his head three or four times. But when he gets to 20 reps and I go run around that tree up that hill 10 times, he's, like, he's fucking gone, isn't he? Yeah. It does get harder as you get older, though. I think, like, you, you know... That's another podcast. You, 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 he can't you, be in this you, one. Yeah, you, 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 you don't really have to... It does get tougher. Yeah, it, gets, it gets tougher. Oh, Getting yeah. old now. Be over yourself. Yeah. Yeah. 25. He still hasn't come back to one of my sessions, though, has he? I'm still recovering after our leg session. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I think that that's something... Again, when I trained with you and, and when new members turn up, it shouldn't be something that puts you off sitting people like that. It should, to be honest, just be a bit of a wake-up call that this is how I should be. If I can't run a mile, I should be able to. Yeah. If I can't, it's a humble you. Yeah, exactly. Well, you, you, when we trained, and this, this I got is humbled. Yeah, I said it straight, I said it straight away. And, and you did, didn't you? No, yeah, I'm really like, fucking. That's humbling me. Completely this is. different to the way I, I, I was training, but now I've looked at that and I've changed it around because I went through this exactly, exactly the same thought process of, I need to be able to get back and be fitter, healthier, happier, and stronger, not just be absolutely fucking massive sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, it humbled me, but in a, in a good way. Yeah. To, yeah, but that also I think that that shows your character because you're you're happy to. Like you, you, you don't feel it's, you don't you don't, you're not training with someone at forty two years old. We're going and getting the ump about it. You can sit there and go, fair one. I need to fucking have a look at myself a little bit, shouldn't I? Yeah. Do you know if I went and trained with a sixty year old, he fucking hammered me. I'd be like, what's he doing? I'm not. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're willing to learn. You don't allow your ego to get in the way. No. Does why does it matter? Like why does it matter that I, like I don't know my age can now deadlift a twenty year old? But that's, that's, that's irrelevant. Do you know what I mean? Like just. Have a look at yourself. You are what you're training at the end of the day as well. If you just if you're just doing strength all the time and you're literally just training strength in it's lots of different ways, yeah. you know you're going to lack on the cardio front, aren't you? Yeah. That's probably what you. I think you, what you do, you put in some. Oh, no, it, was, it was a case of doing multiple things back to back without. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a conditioning as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was a lot. Look, at the end of the day, the way I look at it is, I, I like to lift heavy, and I like to do a lot of conditioning. I like to do a lot of body weight, and I like to do cardio. But I try and piece it all. I'd usually start with heavy stuff because that's the most fatigue in your central nervous system. And then the loads get lighter and then the intensity gets higher. 
that's how I kind of look at it. But that way I've covered most bases. And then once a week I'll do a 10k, 10 to 15k run at the weekend. So I'm trying to cover all. I'm not trying to be like a super athlete. I just in my own personal headspace, I'm very competitive. But for my own mental well-being, I've always been like it. Yeah. I just I just feel like I, I need to be able to tick a lot of these boxes, and it? it makes me. It makes me feel again. We come back to like self confidence. It makes me feel more confident knowing that for my age, and I don't mind saying that for my age, that I can perform at a half decent level. I can still run. I can still outlift yeah. quite a, a decent weight on a lot of guys younger than me. Why is why is that? And there's nothing wrong with that making me feel better about myself. Yeah, for you sure. You know what was it that you said that was like? Um, it might have been David Goggins that said it, but you repeated it to me. And it's something about if you were to do a leg session, right? You'd be absolutely, you'd be absolutely wiped out for like three to four days. But if you split uh, everything, yeah, you can repeat things five yes. days a week at eighty percent of your max. Yeah, and... that's it. Yeah, so he used he used um, a pull up as an example. He said if you go and if, if if you go to the gym, you do a set of pull ups, say three sets of whatever, and you do absolute fucking max out pull ups as an example, right? You're probably going to get doms the next day, and then as we all know, forty eight hours later is worse. Yeah. So they're not going to be training back for what. You're not going to do pull-ups for what, three or four three, days? Three or four days. But he said if you go in there and you do, say, 60 70% of effort, you won't get DOMS and you can do it again and again and again. So your actual load within that week period is probably three times more than doing it once a week. And that's how I look at it. So now, I know this is an age thing because when you can't recover, when you get older, I don't, I don't hit failure. On anything, very, very rarely, unless I'm really fucking feeling it, I don't yeah. hit failure. Why? Because I won't be able to move the next day. And I want to be able to move and do as much as I can. So I think that's important. Yeah. You know? But that's probably an age thing as well, because you just can't recover like you are on your whippers. I'll, I'll try and let wake up tomorrow, I'm fine. <laughs> Not anymore. <Yeah. laughs> Not anymore. That's another problem as well, though, is people thinking that you need DOMS the next day. You have to have to, DOMS. To, yeah, yeah. to feel like you've had yeah. a workout. Depends what you try, what, depends what you're, what you, what you're training DOMS for. DOMS just comes from doing something different. What's yeah. the purpose yeah, of your training? Yeah, like, if you do a different movement and use a muscle group that you might not have used before, then you're going to get DOMS the next day. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean you've worked any harder than, no. than you have previously. It's yeah. funny, actually, because still people, the amount of people go, yeah, I ate, yeah, I must have worked. I wear a boot camp all the time. Oh, really? Like, I remember last week saying, oh, yeah, but I, I didn't really eat that much. I don't think I worked hard enough. That's not how it works. Yeah, don't work. That's not how it works. Yeah, yeah, and then you went right. <laughs> get the estrogens. Get the estrogens. Yeah. I think we'll wrap wrap that one there. I mean, I think I you think guys can talk for a lot longer if we yeah, get going. But guys, please like, subscribe, and follow this channel because we are trying to give as much back to the community as possible. Loads of knowledge between the four of us, and yeah, keep your eyes peeled for any events that are coming up.